when you come into Detroit, we're going to buy the kneecap off. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Did you hear from anybody uh, after your introductory press conference? For all your listeners, I know 100% that biting a kneecap is a 15-yard penalty. <laughs> I promise you I know that. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. We're going to kick you in the teeth. Earlier on the show, NFL Network insider Ian Rappaport. Coming up, NBC Sunday Night Football football analyst Chris Collinsworth. ESPN college football analyst Kirk Herbstreit. Actor Michael B. Jordan. And now, it's Rich Eisen. All right, number two of the Rich Eisen Show on the air. We're in NFL Draft Week. We just talked a little bit of baseball. Great Dodgers Padres series. Uh, for our radio audience, though, we talked a little Jacob DeGrom at the last part of last hour. And uh, we will hit the fact that Madison Bumgarner uh, threw seven no-hit innings and then the game ended. And it's not apparently considered a no-hitter. That's coming up later on. Uh, Michael B. Jordan, the uh, star of Without Remorse, the new thriller that is uh, an action thriller that's coming uh, to Amazon Prime later on this week. He is the sexiest man alive. Oh. oh, by the way, I could also introduce our next guest that way, too. But, hey now. Uh, but Michael B. Jordan is exactly that. Uh, he will be joining us in hour number three of this program. As a matter of fact, our next two guests are two-fifths of the nominees for the Outstanding Sports Personality Sports Event Analyst, Kirk Herbstreet, coming up in hour number three. And joining us here for Draft Week, as his pro football focus team has been fantastic, and their information is first-rate and must-have, certainly during the talent evaluation portion of the calendar that culminates with the draft on Thursday night. Chris Collinsworth of NBC Sports and Pro Football Focus here on the Rich Eisen Show. How are you, Chris? Rich, for about 1.3 seconds. Yes, sir. About the time it takes you to run the 40. Thank you. I thought I was the sexiest man alive. Thank you. I, <laughs> How special I, I did you feel? I misinterpreted it, and it didn't last long, <laughs> but, you know, I had... I had that moment, I had that moment, and I was the sexiest man alive for 1.3. Hey, look, the eye doesn't, uh, eye in the sky doesn't lie, Chris. You know what I mean? <laughs> See what I'm saying? Uh, thanks for joining me here on, on the show today. Uh, I, I, I can't wait to hear your uh, analysis of this quarterback class that, um, that we, we uh, I think we can all agree, Trevor Lawrence being first overall makes sense. Do you think the Jets are making the right maneuver with Zach Wilson should the expected happen on Thursday night, Chris? I do, yeah. As, as a matter of fact, my greater debate was Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence. No kidding. Um, I, I think I think those two are clearly set apart uh, and deserve to be so. I, you're going to see Zach Wilson, unless I'm totally screwing this up, sort of Aaron Rodgers, you know, that that's what he's going to feel like, I think, to most people who are watching him play. Wow. I mean, that... That is that's a manhole cover you just threw around like right there, man. So what? What's your? Yeah, no, I know, but I, and, and I don't. Not that I think he's going to be as good or as great or as whatever. But the style of play, the sort of off platform, the kind of I, I don't want to say this in an insulting way to the host of Jeopardy, but <laughs> that like I can do things you can't do, kind of throws sure. and and just like like playing with a defense kind of thing. Now, he didn't get hit very much at BYU, so maybe that changes in the NFL. But uh, I think people are going to really enjoy watching him play, and he would absolutely be uh, second if if I didn't take Trevor Lawrence uh, second. So you certainly have piqued my curiosity by saying that the evaluation debate 
um, for you sits atop this draft. I mean, walk me through Zach Wilson versus Trevor Lawrence that made you sort of go back and forth on the subject. The bottom line was I I thought they were both equally good players. I I, I didn't, I didn't, my evaluation wasn't one over the other, Um, but it was really, for me, it was the body of work for Trevor Lawrence. You know, I've seen him play against the best college players in the world. I had seen him in championship games. I had seen him when he got knocked down. I had seen him when they lost big games. I had seen him when he won big games. And with Zach Wilson, that body of work is sort of coastal Carolina-ish. You know, it's like you just got to be careful what you're putting in and, and the class of athletes that they're playing against. Um, but I, I do think he has that kind of talent. I think he has that sort of charisma to the quarterback position, if you will. But Trevor Lawrence has just done it for too long a period of time and too consistently for him not to be the first pick. Chris Collinsworth here on the Rich Eisen Show. Let's get to three overall because, you know, I, I've had a hard time wrapping my mind around the concept that the 49ers made that huge move up to three for an evaluation period amongst a group of quarterbacks they'd be fine with. You know what I'm saying? Like, I I, I, I still can't comprehend that they're not going to just hand in the car to the guy that they knew they were going to take the day they consummated the trade on Zach Wilson's pro day. What do you think is happening with the Niners and their evaluation of that position, Chris? I, I tell you, this is one of the more bizarre ones I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, I... I for all that I know, and I haven't talked to anybody in San Francisco, so I, I rely on those guys for a, a lot of information during the season. I leave them alone during the draft season. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is uh, – I, I thought when they made the move, it was Justin Fields. When I, when I look at Kyle's offense, I always think, what if they had – a mobile guy coming out of the back end of that. So their offense is simply this. Uh, they're going to have a running back who runs under 4-4 uh, with that outside zone stretch. Then they're going to go play action, bootleg off of it, make you cover the backside, RPOs, all, all the different things. But I always thought, what if you had the extreme right, assuming stretch play right, what if you had play action, bootleg, and you had to protect the backside throwing lanes, the slants, the hooks, all that stuff back in there. And then you had a guy like Justin Fields, mm. who I think is a, a dynamo running the ball. I, I, I love watching him play the game. If you had him or Trey Lance coming out of the back end of that thing. And so when they made the trade, I go, you know what? I get it. it, it Jimmy Garoppolo and Matt Ryan can – take you so far but if you had that last element coming around the backside it could be really pretty special uh in, in my mind just watching the tape and i haven't met these guys i don't i don't know them but and i hear that, uh, that trey lance is just this really smart guy and so is mac jones and but when you just put on the tape uh justin fields as far as a physical specimen to me was still the one that stuck out i thought his accuracy uh was really fantastic but his running skills and running ability, um, he's got a long way to go as far as reading the defenses and not reading them, but not going first read run. You know, that, and that's what young quarterbacks do a lot of. Uh, so, though, if the first read's not there, he's going to take off and run. 
but I also think that Kyle's probably the best or one of the best quarterback coaches in all the league. And I just go, I got it. That makes total sense to me. I've got it. I've got it figured out. And then they said Mac Jones, and I was like, really? Did you have to go all the way to three to get Mac Jones? Right. And so uh, it was really – it's still confusing to me. And now the latest thing I read was that maybe they're going to go Trey Lance because there's, like, so much pressure in San Francisco to not take Mac Jones. And so the scouts, like, Trey Lance, and it's like, oh, my goodness, this thing has just gone crazy here. Chris Collinsworth here on the Rich Eisen Show, and I'm just putting together everything that we've gleaned here over the several weeks of just focusing on this right here on this show. You know, Bucky Brooks, my colleague from the NFL Media Group, saying that, you you know, you don't trade up all that to get somebody who wasn't even the best player on the field on his own team in Mac Jones, who he said was like, uh, you know, Iron Man, where the, the, the program and the coaching staff and the other players around him are the suit that made him great. Kurt Warner saying that you don't take uh, that big leap to get somebody who is similar to the guy that you have. You need to take somebody who is physically somebody completely different uh, with a bigger upside. And then I'm hearing Dan Orlovsky say, if you think that Mac Jones isn't an improvement over Jimmy Garoppolo, you're crazy. So what is your evaluation of Mac from what you see, Chris? Uh, 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 the first thing I wrote down about Mac Jones is, why, why don't people love him? Right? <laughs> that was my first evaluation. Like when you watch him play, he's an accurate guy. He can move fairly well. He can hit. He can make some big runs if you if you need them. But I would agree with the evaluation of you know is it different than what you have or have had in this offense? You know, RG three back in the day could do some of that in his rookie year coming out the the backside of this thing. Um, but I, I I don't think. I don't think that Mac Jones adds an element that you don't truly have, assuming Garoppolo can stay healthy. Now, the the back end side of this thing is, you know, I keep seeing Garoppolo back in New England, and I don't know how he's getting there. So if you take if you take Mac Jones, could Mac Jones be ready for opening day? Yeah, probably. I could see that. If you took if you took Justin Fields or Trey Lance, would you prefer them having a year behind Jimmy Garoppolo? And I would say, yeah, I probably would prefer that. So, you know, I, I think it a little bit of it depends on are they really serious about Jimmy Garoppolo hanging in there and being the quarterback this year and developing one of those two guys, which is a very, you know, very thoughtful plan. Or do you go, I want Mac Jones because ultimately I want to flip Jimmy Garoppolo to the Patriots for a, a bunch of draft picks and then go build the rest of my team. So I, there's something going on here that we don't all collectively know. Um, but it, it's it's one of the more interesting top of the drafts that I've ever seen. Chris Collinsworth here on the Rich Eisen Show. And what to make of Lance, Chris? I mean, again, he doesn't have much tape, uh, period, let alone uh, recently. But uh, everything I'm hearing, and he's going to be on tomorrow's show, I can't wait to interview him, is his inquisitiveness, his size, his quickness, his speed. Everything together makes him the guy with maybe the biggest upside of everybody in the draft. And, you know, everything that you just said about what about a Shanahan offense that could have somebody 
creating a misdirection and then going a different way, and now you've got to actually cover him, uh, not just because of his arm. It's fascinating to me. What's your evaluation of Trey Lance with you and PFF, Chris? Absolutely huge arm. Um, uh, He reminds me a little bit throwing the ball of Colin Kaepernick. If you remember, Colin had a little bit of that three-quarter stuff, uh, a little bit that, uh, you know, that, there were some accuracy issues, but he brought so much else to the table, you know, and, and Colin Kaepernick had one of the greatest quarterback games I've ever seen. We did a game in New England, and I, I went down for the pregame show with with uh, Bob Costas, and we were sitting in the tunnel. And, I mean, Rich, it's just one of those days where it was like 30 degrees, the wind was like 40 miles an hour, we were all just freezing, sort of this misty, sleeting kind of rain, not quite snow. I, I went back up to the booth and I told Al, I go, I go, I'm telling you, this game at best is ten to seven. It ended up like forty-one thirty-seven with Colin Kaepernick out dueling Tom Brady coming down the stretch. One of the great quarterback games I've ever seen in my life. Uh, so I'm not putting down Colin Kaepernick. But I, if I had to put him in a category, I think Trey Lance is probably a, even a little more athletic version of Colin Kaepernick. I thought you were going with uh, the playoff game against Green Bay. I don't know if you called that game, but I thought that's what the uh, I did Kaepernick call that game, but that was pretty good, too. Yeah, this I mean, was just one that stuck out of my mind because I was so convinced with the conditions that nobody was going to move the ball, and they just killed it. Yeah, and I guess if you do take the concept that Garoppolo could be the guy, which is what Shanahan said in a press conference at a very truthful press conference after the trade was done, that if you know Jimmy G's popular in the locker room, they can carry his freight cap wise and let Trey Lance sit there. I mean that that because he definitely from all the evaluators needs some definite sit time and 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 learning and to get up to speed. Man, that would be the answer. Have you me. have you been keeping up with the crowd? The you know, sort of what the the people in San Francisco want. I mean, it sounds like there's going to be a revolution if they end up taking Mac Jones. And there's nothing wrong with with sticking to your guns. And right. I, I've known the Shanahan's my whole life. Mike was my coach back in college at the University of Florida, so they stick to their guns pretty good. But the pressure is building to the point now where you start going, man, if they made that deal and they get Mac Jones and that didn't work out, and you know, you start extrapolating that thing out. Um, so I don't know. I, I really, I still don't know what they're going to do. In the few minutes I have left with you, Chris, I want the evaluation for two more teams. Let's start with Atlanta. What a big decision they've got at four um, after the three quarterbacks go off the board. Do they take one of the two remaining ones, start the clock on Matt Ryan's departure? On the spot, uh, Julio Jones apparently is could be a cap trade casualty. They might try to figure out how to get him signed. Or do you go Kyle Pitts? What do you do if you're Atlanta? Chris, what do you think? I, I, I'm going to tell you what. I can only tell you what I would do. I mean, Atlanta's in cap hell right now. I mean, they really are. They've got to dump some salary and start rebuilding this thing. Um, I would put a sign out if I were – the Atlanta Falcons and the Cincinnati Bengals at four and five. And I would say, I am not keeping this pick. Whoever offers me the most for one of these quarterbacks, I am definitely making that trade. Cause I don't want, I don't want people thinking you can end up trading with Miami 
or Detroit at six or seven, and you're you're going to be able to get one of these quarterbacks. Now, you want one. I'm definitely trading out to somebody who wants a quarterback, and if I were the Bengals sitting right by them, I would do the exact same thing and see if I couldn't. Because I think that it, then you would end up with the entire draft behind you and some solid players. There are some solid – I think I happen to think that Pitts and Jamar Chase are even above solid with very little risk to them. Um, but I would want I would want to trade down because I think the rest of the first round after the first seven or eight players are all okay, are all good players. But I don't find myself at the end of this draft going like I usually do, like, oh, my God, I've left 10 first-round draft picks mm. out of the first round when I did my mock draft. I find myself in picks 20 through 32 going, now, who can I put in the first round, and who do I really believe in without much doubt and without injury factors? And all? So I, I, I wouldn't even mind trading back into next year because I just have a feeling that this will be remembered other than the quarterbacks and two or three handful of players as being a good, not a great draft. Because that was my last one was the Bengals. You know, we had Carson Palmer on last week. He said, take Penny Sewell and don't don't even look in the direction of – of Chase, let's just say that they don't trade out, that people don't knock on their door for that other quarterback, and that the Bengals are have the choice of protecting Joe Burrow or getting him a weapon with whom he's quite familiar in Chase. What would you do? I know what Joe Burrow would do. I, I talked mm. to Joe on my podcast not too long ago, and and not that he came out and said that he wanted Jamar Chase, but you could tell. They were like buddies, you know. They were like friends. They were magical together at LSU. And then Chase turned around and ran that four three seven. I said, "Did that surprise you?" He goes, "Yeah." <laughs> I, I knew he was a great player. I, I and he could do phenomenal things at the catch point. I didn't know he could run like that. Um, and Panay Sewell is going to be that good too. But I, I, I would take any of these top three tackles and feel pretty good about getting a tackle. So if I had to slide myself back down, you know, three, four, five slots, if I were the Bengals, I would feel pretty darn good about that tackle position if that's where I wanted to go. You're referring to your podcast with Richard Sherman, right? The Chris Collinsworth podcast. Yeah, that's, that's you got it. Good stuff, yeah. man. He, uh, Richard's terrific. What's he going to do? What do you think he's going to do this year? I think a bunch of these guys are going to get signed after the draft. You know, it, when you listen to Richard talk about it, uh, you know, everybody tells them the same thing. It's, you know, everybody thinks they're going to find a 22 year old to replace. <laughs> and, you know, at half the price or a 10th of the price or whatever. And then a lot of them don't end up with somebody that can replace them. And then all these veteran players who are still sitting out there come back into the mix and, you know, at a much lower price. And, but with Richard, Richard's so talented. He can do anything. He could probably go make as much money working in television as he is you know, going out there and playing the game. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. The Chris Collinsworth podcast featuring Richard Sherman, where all podcasts can be acquired at Collinsworth PFF on Twitter. And then of course on Sunday night football, which we can't wait to hear the schedule for on, uh, on May 12th. That's right around the corner after the draft. Thanks for the time, Chris. I always cherish our chats. Thank you. Chris, great fun. See right you, buddy. Back at you. That's Chris Collinsworth. So much to unpack right there. There is one in particular that leaps out at me. And then in terms of the phrase that he kept saying, knock down. How about Jorge Masvidal? How about that one? Hey, now. 
I want your two cents on what we saw over the weekend, TJ Jefferson, okay? Great fight card, That's what we're going to do when we come back right here on The Rich Eisen Show, 844-204-RICH on Peacock, Odyssey, Sirius XM, and this terrestrial radio station. It's that time of year, people. Spring has sprung, and that means spring cleaning, or at least the partner in your life is demanding that you do it. Whether that means stocking up on cleaning supplies or swapping out your winter clothes for new spring clothes, make sure you're using Ibotta and get real cash back with every purchase. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, that flight you've been eyeing, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Join the over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers. And right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 for just trying Ibotta by using the code Eisen when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use my code E-I-S-E-N. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use my code Eisen. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O O O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Mike El Tufo, are you out there, Mike? Yes, I'm here, Rich. How are okay, you doing today? Uh, I'm doing great. So what are you revealing? Uh, you, you've got uh, right here. You got Right a- up here above me is a brand new Rich Eisen show sign. A new Rich Eisen show sign. Am wow. I going to do it now? Let me see this. Yeah, here we go. Let's here we do go. It. Oh, this, this is going to be fun. I just hope it doesn't come down in your what head. What are the odds that I can't do it up? because the way it's just set put, up? To put down the so, microphone, dude. I can't. <laughs> this is the worst reveal ever. Keep, Take down keep both. Pulling, Del both Pull. Just put the microphone down. This is good, Rich. This is good. He's going to break down the whole thing. Yes. Pull both of the cords, <laughs> you. <laughs> hey. No, we cannot have this as the reveal. He, he does this audio. This cannot be the reveal. He does audio. He does not do see, manual labor. That's the way it's, it's, up, it's messed up up there. <laughs> I can't look. I can't. Del we Tufo, call walk this. Walk up the stairs. Walk up the stairs, Del Tufo. Yeah, okay. The not reveal. He's going to walk Oh, no, up I can't because I can't climb to where that reveal. is. Yeah, you can. That's up no, you can't. It's uh, you gotta have a cable. <laughs> you guys don't know OSHA rules. <laughs> See, they screwed me. They did this on purpose. I'm convinced. Yeah, it's against you, Mike. I'm telling you. 
Uh, Del Tufo, just tell everyone out there you don't have any change for them. Just pull it. Give them good jersey pull. Put the microphone down and pull it. Or the other one. You're a big man. Yank it. Yank it, Del <laughs> So much. All right, come back in here and screw off the audio now, Mike. I feel bad. Every time we replay that, I feel bad about yeah. we way that we, uh, we ended it. Like, fantastic. come back here and screw up the audio. That I feel was, bad. Eh, I fine. do. I do. Susie's always like, you're so tough on Mike. And, and then I hear that, me. and I don't know. Because that, that was wrapped really ridiculously tight. They, they, they have. Brockman, yeah. you don't. Who, wait, who's they? The. <laughs> They had it against My you. My mother They're always used to you. say they, so I just throw the they. Well, you're, it's a, you're it's a again, you always, when you want to show something for us to, to, to want us to listen to I something, say, listen, you say watch. watch. I know, it's like bad. Watch this, yeah, and watch it's just like, no, and then the kid. other way around. Watch this. Listen. <laughs> Let's listen. When we're watching something, that's just yeah. the Jersey thing in you, right? Yeah. One of the many things we love. Mike it Del happen. It happens. We didn't even have a poll question. Uh, you know what I mean? Oh, I, I put one out about the Niners. What'd you do? Just uh, if you were them, who would you take at three? Like it. Mac Jones, Trey Lance, Justin Fields. Excellent. I like that one. At Rich Eisen, for you to uh, vote on that. I'll hit that with the old retweet, Christopher. What a we'll ride. do that. 844-204-RICH, number to dial here on the Rich Eisen Show. Our poll question is up there. Just right on one of the many things that Chris Collinsworth said is public opinion in San Francisco and his first note about watching Mac Jones is like, why don't people like this guy? And again, it will not matter at all about what the Niners gave up to get Mac Jones if Mac Jones succeeds. Right. But if Mac Jones does not, it will be about, and they gave this up for him. And, you know, for them to make this move 12 to 3 and give up basically two years of first round draft capital is a significant maneuver, basically saying, we'll be set. We'll be set with this guy. We're going to be set. because we And plus, you know, we need to start the clock down from scratch on our quarterback. So we'll have that going for us because we, you know, John Lynch is like, I'm going to play Nick Bosa and you're going to pay all these people. You just paid Kittle. As the Falcons are proving, you, you know, it's not a bottomless pit. It's called a salary cap for a reason. So, you know, him saying public opinion is something that needs to be addressed in this decision unless, you know, Kyle Shanahan, and he does strike me as the the Coach Dale type of just hearing the howls from the fans and just waving his game plan and his leather satchel saying, I believe in this and those are my guys on the floor. But our poll question is simple. If you were the Niners, who would you take, Mac Jones, Trey Lance, or Justin Fields? And it sure sounds like you know, based on what Chris just said, he would take Justin Fields. Yeah, as would 61% of our audience okay. right now. At Rich Eisen Show is how you can vote on this poll question. As you know, I'm hearing more and more, it's Trey Lance. That's what I said last week, and watch, it'll be Mac Jones, and that's the way it was going to be the minute they made the trade, and they just uh, either got consensus or the consensus is uh, Kyle Shanahan saying this is the way it's going to be. So fascinating. Or it's Kyle Pitts and you're eating a sweatshirt. Another, it's definitely not. Oh, it's definitely not. Oh, it's definitely not. I am so safe and not eating 
that food delivery truck driver's sweatshirt. I am so in the clear. It's not funny. I'm in the, how in the clear I am. You hope. Oh, gosh. Hope. I'm high-stepping. I'm high-stepping on that. I am not concerned at all. In the end zone. You got to be always got to be a little not worried. concerned. No, yeah, yeah, not at all. No. Zero point zero full blue tar. Not even like a point one. No. Zero point zero. Wow. Not at all concerned. Not happening. Okay. I am. I'm certain. And I don't even need to go to the magic eight ball to show how certain <laughs> I am. On that. All right, I'll do that. Right. No. Thank you very much, Patch Sajak. Just saying. All right, magic eight ball. Am I eating a sweatshirt? Am I not? Oh, hold on a second. Rich. I, I am. Mean, I, I'm not going to say that because it's nine times. That, without a doubt, it says, that, you know, I mean, I, I'm not eating a sweatshirt. I'm not did you sweatshirt. ask it, were you eating a sweatshirt? I did, and then I, and I, I decided that. But <laughs> Del Tupo points out that out of all the sides of the pyramid, there's only, there's only one that says one. no. Yeah, there's only one bad you one. you got to know how to ask the question. That's why magic. the Magic 8 ball is great. Another thing Chris Collinsworth said um, is that if he was the Falcons or the Bengals, he would trade right out. And he would not only trade out of the first round, he would trade right out of this friggin' draft. That he looks and he sees just a handful of top players in the top first round. And then when he's doing his mock draft on the bottom half of the, the first round, he's thinking, I don't I mean, I could go either here nor there on these guys' first round grades. He would trade right out. So there's only a special group of people in, you know, in the top, what, eight? So what you would kind of say there? Or right around you're getting to 10 and you're wondering what's up? Eight to 10. Yeah. This is right. why. I'm still going to, even though Ian Rappaport, who knows the Dallas Cowboys very well, saying that the Cowboys are going to make this pick or trade out. Well, isn't that the only I'm two options? Thinking, I can know the other options they trade up. They trade up, yeah. Uh, that's not an option. Kyle Pitts, man. Kyle Pitts. All right, do you want Pitts on the Falcons or do you want him on the Cowboys? I want him like- on the Cowboys. Are you kidding me? I think he should be a Falcon. Yes, but if he they're should so, be a Falcon. And if they're so cap-strung, if they're so cap-hamstrung, then this entire conversation about the Atlanta Falcons all this time is going to be completely way off. So they're going to re- restart the clock, get a kid, and then just rip rip it, rip the Band-Aid off right now. Get a kid yeah, and tell gone, Matt, 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 Matt Ryan, this is what you got. You don't have Julio. Sorry. Let's yeah, see if we can make yeah, as much right, chicken right. salad as possible in the NFC South, and that's the way it's going to go. Because yeah, they can't cut Matt this year. It'll cost too much. That's right. So you're going to have problems even signing their rookies is what is what uh, Ian said. And it's not like that thing just that situation just changed this week. That's the way it's been all along. Yeah, Matt's the quarterback for the next two years at least because so, of the way the cap is. Yeah. But if I'm Dallas, you got to sit there and think about just going to get this kid and just stick him next to Dak and just you got this window of opportunity and win the game's 40 to 20-something. Yeah, why not? Your, your, your new defensive coordinator is going to already – you know, you're, he's, he's going to already shave a, a touchdown and a half off your, your points per game just because of the scheme and his way to coach. And unless you think Sertan is, as you point out, the next Jalen Ramsey, or Sean Lee just retired after 11 seasons. We have of, a new area of need now, Rich. Well, not really. I mean, you still have you still have Jalen Smith and, Le- and you know, Leighton Van Der Well, that's two. Not you like need three. I understand that, but do you go ahead and use that at 10? Overall, if you think Micah Parsons is the guy and he was on this show and he said he had a good meeting with the Cowboys and he sounded like one of those guys you want to go to battle with, that's a good 10th overall selection. And Sean Lee, 11 seasons in the NFL. 
of being uh, one of the leading tacklers of the Dallas Cowboys on one hand and the operations guy, uh, operation guy on the other. According to ESPN, Lee missed time in his career with hamstring, wrist, toe, neck, knee, and core muscle injuries, as well as concussions. My God. Ugh. 11 seasons. He led the uh, Cowboys in tackles, four of them, including 22 single-game tackles against the uh, Giants in 2016. That's a record. Dallas shouldn't let him leave the building. Hire him to be the linebackers coach. I don't know. I mean, and you, you know, one Penn State linebacker goes, another That's one comes in. I understand that concept, but Jerry Jones wants to sell tickets. He wants to sell jerseys, and he wants to sell pizzazz, and he wants to put Kyle Pitts on the field with his quarterback, <laughs> running back, and two wide receivers, three wide receivers. Go to work and see what you can do. How do you not take advantage of that if you think maybe Chris Collinsworth saying the rest of the draft is anywhere between solid, which you know that word here on the Rich Eisen Show is a euphemism for eh. No do not tell me ever my work is solid. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> I'll say that to all the executives in sports that always use that word too. Hey, solid show, Rich. Oh, thank you. Solid. Does Bleak that mean yourself. my other shows are liquid? Is that what that means? The other shows are liquid? <laughs> solid is not anything that's great shakes. TJ, so don't, if you don't deny that, it, bro. Don't deny it. It's a difference coming. between go. game changing, franchise changing, gold jacket changing, and solid. Let's go. If you think this guy is that game changing, you go get him. You're infatuated by him and with him. Go get him. Oh, baby. I don't think they're gonna. The one time that Jerry should just go YOLO <laughs> in the draft. I understand, son. I There's understand we have a system here. I understand we've got a system here, but this system is also my system. I want that fourth ring. Kyle Pitts is going to bring it to me. We're going to score 40 a game. Dallas Cowboys offense, number one in the league, just like he said they had the opportunity to when the Rams were going off on tilt with the Chiefs. Let's go. <laughs> And I'm not just saying that to rile you up. I believe that this kid is a game-changing talent, and I just heard Chris Collinsworth say he can't identify more than maybe a third of the first round as top-notch talent in this draft. If he's the Bengals or the Falcons, you trade out and then maybe even trade into next year's draft? That's, That's his, analysis? That's his Come analysis? Come on. We all know there's talent in this what, track. Like, do you really know what Joe Horn's kid can really do for your defense, J.C. Horn? Do you really know? Do you really believe? Like, that's just a sensible move. You you need a guy. You're hearing from analysts that he's one of the top guys. Take him. You don't need Kyle Pitts. Of course you don't. Do you need to eat that third candy bar? <laughs> <laughs> do you need that extra slice of pizza? Well, yeah. You've I'm already had two. Do you need that third slice? There is less pie. From Prime Pizza, Do you yes. need that extra slice of pie? That third slice is just so good. The answer, so good. Is, the answer is, in retrospect, when you wake up later that night, like, maybe not. Maybe that was a bad decision. At the time, it felt great. The difference between that and Kyle Pitts is you will wake up later that night winning championships. Come on, Rich. Making gold-plated Making records. Making gold yes. records. Putting your pants on, on one leg, leg at a time. time. The Dallas Cowboys need more cowbell. Yes, the Bruce Dickinson. Kyle Pitts is more cowbell. It's there, you hear it. But you need more of it.
because Jerry Jones has a fever, and the only prescription is Kyle Pitts, period. End of story. We're taking a break. We're coming back. <laughs> That's what we're going to do. Oh, yeah. And donate. We need more money at Run Rich Run, NFL.com slash Run Rich Run. We'll talk more about that with Mark Lurie, who just bought the Timberwolves in hour three. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the sleep number smart bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. You met Prince, correct? Yeah, yeah. What's the story behind that? You know, I I can't remember how we met initially, Mm -hmm. but after our first encounter, he made sure that I was at every house party that he had in Los Angeles. And if he knew that I was in town, like in New York, he made sure that I was at every uh, show he performed at Madison Square Garden. I'll never forget, we were at Madison Square Garden. Mm -hmm. Security came to me to my seat at the end of the show or towards the end of the show and said, Prince wants you to come on stage. I was like, okay. <laughs> he wants you to come on stage now. Oh, all right, so I'll go on stage. It's me, Whoopi Goldberg, Cornell West, have a smiley, bunch of other people on stage. And we went to this after hour spot after the concert, a place called Village Underground in, in the sure. village. Sure, oh, it's famous. Yeah. And so, you know, because Prince likes to jam afterwards. Well, Prince just went to go listen to the musicians. And so it's Prince, his assistant, myself. And I see Prince lean over to his assistant. And then all of a sudden, the assistant leans over to me and says, uh, I don't know why I do this voice, but it's like, Prince wants you to come back and have pasta and pizza. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. And then Prince got up and left, and she got up and left. I don't know why her voice is so deep, because it was a woman. That's she right. got up and she left. But you and, were summoned. Yes. You were summoned by royalty. And there was, you know, an array of people uh, in the living room, and I went back to find Prince, and he was back there holding court with Tavis Smiley and Cornell West, and he looked up and he was like, smiled and gave me the peace sign, and I went back in, and we had pasta and pizza at 4 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> wow. How did Prince like his pizza? Um, this is very important. No, the for, toppings first off, is a window into one's first soul. First off, there was no meat on the pizza, and I didn't okay. see Prince eat any pizza. <laughs> <laughs> 
uh, we would go to his house, man, for, for the house parties, and it'd be Stevie Wonder playing the piano, uh, uh, Malcolm Jamal Warner on bass, uh, you know, uh, Rochelle Farrell singing lead, you know, uh, uh, Harry Connick Jr. playing bongos. No, 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 that was uh, Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Matthew McConaughey. I'm sorry. I get him confused sometimes. But it was just amazing, man. And then you would get into like five o'clock in the morning, his chef is serving you breakfast. You're like, why am I at Prince's house at five o'clock in the morning, man? It, 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 it was truly uh, a, an, an amazing uh, relationship uh, that not only myself, but other people had with him. I'm just glad that it was pizza and pasta. It wasn't like a game of telephone, like Prince asked you to do something. You <laughs> came back pizza and pasta through his no. assistant. Anthony Prince wants you to come back to the hotel and have pasta and pizza. <laughs> That's how it came to me. Great stuff. <laughs> Anthony Anderson, I mean, part of our archives youtube.com slash rich eyes and show right here on peacock we're here on nbc sports on peacock we're here on uh, the sirius xm channel 211 station nbc sports audio we're here on this rich eyes and show radio affiliate and we're now on odyssey we uh, struck a deal uh, with odyssey new partners our first free audio streaming partner uh, every single day uh, so you could stream for free on odyssey on the app and i uh, there and Sirius XM on their app and Peacock on their app and you know I'll I'll, I'll just say this here um, as uh, we're sitting here on the show just cut to about a year ago and um, we were uh, sitting on YouTube sitting on YouTube for just six seven weeks trying to stay alive I mean that's what we were trying to do yeah man okay um, finishing up our stint on uh, another radio um, network and it was draft week and we were in lockdown and the draft was all uh, virtual and the commissioner was getting set to do the draft from his basement and it was weird. There's no other way to put it. It was weird. And I was thinking about that over the weekend about how fortunate we are here on this draft week kicking off a new partnership for us with all of our terrific partners to begin with and how you can consume this show uh, as it's live and you can consume it after it's done on our podcast, which is also available on Westwood One. We've got another podcast that we've created. I've, I do it, but it's part of our network here, Just Getting Started. Rex Chapman was last week's guest. I'm recording one with Pat McAfee today for Draft Week. Talk about his origin story. And it's just going to be, I, I just was thinking about this. Um, how fortunate we are and that we're, we're here for an NFL draft. And as I'm going through all this um, over the weekend, I'm, I'm picking up food for the kids and Sue's, picking up dinner, um, picking up some takeout to bring home. I get in the car and some dude pulls up to me in a truck and rolls his window down and says something. So I have two choices. To just, you know, I mean, who the hell knows? It's 21st century. Do I address this man back or, <laughs> or, or, or do I not? I make the decision. I'll, I'll just roll the window down. I'm like, yeah. And he says he's a fan. Okay. So I knew which way this was going right away. All right. That he's been a fan for a very long time. And he says, and I love you and the guys. Now, I will fully admit what that frequently means, if not many times that means He's talking about Kurt, right. Irv, yeah. you know, Mooch. Game day morning. Correct. He then says, Brockman, 
TJ and Del Tufo. Oh. <laughs> Hold on a What's second. Up? Hold That's on. immediately who I thought. Hold on. What's up? Hold on. That is not who I thought he was going to say. Hold on. I was, I was Hold TJ. on. Yeah. I say thank you. He follows up with Del Tufo should have his own show. <laughs> <laughs> Sign me up. <laughs> what kind of Where show? Was this? this was on uh, the mean streets of uh, Robertson, just north of. Um, you know, just north of, I guess, San Vicente or Amazing. Burton. <laughs> you know, or, That's funny because yeah. my buddy Matt lives down there, You're so I'm wondering like, if that was him. Like, I don't think so. <laughs> he looked like, Mike, I got to tell you, he looked like a guy we grew up with on the East Coast. And I just didn't know how to respond to that <laughs> last part. Wow. Because... I don't even know what a Mike Del Tufo show would look. Well, we do yeah, know what it would do. look like. Yeah. We see Every the Friday, Friday night music no, show, but I mean, you can't just spin DJ. records as part of a no. show. Like I mean, Peacock no would. The I day. don't think Peacock would buy. I mean, all of our partners are are are, are excited to have us. I believe. Um, I could interview musicians hundred percent. That would be my show. That would be your show. If I had a show, I would love to do but that. But would you be able to get in and out of breaks? It's very difficult yeah. for you to tell me <laughs> to focus on telling me the simple fact of when I need to get in He'd and out of breaks. He'd have a producer, Rich. That's what the IFB's for that you wear in your ear, Rich. The producer would do that with me. Oh, the, you would be produced? Of course. I'd have, I mean, I, I mean I'm, not, I'm a producible guy. I consider myself a producible guy. He is. Wow. I mean, it's look funny that Don Bowie has yet to me. chime in on my ear once. And he's the me. one who, I know he has. He's the I mean, one who gives you the weather report yeah. that you can't stick well, to the script. I mean, you know, he still hasn't chimed in, Don. Don's <laughs> <laughs> sitting back. To, no, he's, he's directed. Don's right right got yeah, a lot going on. Don's got a lot going on. Yeah, yeah. I got to be honest. That, that was my first thought when he said that. I didn't think about those other yeah, guys. I, I thought about us. As much as I love you guys, when somebody's like, I love you and the guys, they're talking about Pro Football Hall of Famers that they see me on every Sunday. But we're, we're, as you know, out of playing season right now. But apparently there is a need, at least one human being on the planet that's not part of your family that says you should have your own show. By the way, not the first person that said that, has, has actually said that. Wendy Raquel Robinson, when I worked on Steve Harvey's show, okay, probably like a year into the show, came right up to me. And TJ and I, we've talked about this and said, you're... A character. Yes. You could have your own sitcom. Well, what do you think? And she Dude, wanted to. You're a character. Like, like I'm a character. When I first walked into this studio in October of 2014, when we were starting to do rehearsals, I did not know that Chris Long had hired I, you. I know. I was hired like, like, way back. Okay. I did not know that he had hired you. And I saw you. I'm like, you're the one who's sitting at the board. And immediately in my head, I'm like, okay, you now. I, I, I knew your character the minute I met you, yeah. Mike. So, you know. I understand the concept of you having your own show, but if you don't mind me producing you on the spot, you can do that. I know you want to talk to musicians. That's great. We've heard people talk to musicians. You're, you've got a special knack, Mike, for dropping serious names like you just did when you used to work on the Steve Harvey show. And then we watched you meet Steve Harvey for the first time since then. And him kind of remember you and then you de defending yourself by swearing he definitely remembered you and i and then and then part of the TJ show could agree. be part of the show could you be name dropping i real time call you out on it and chris brockman does what he's doing right now which is make eye contact with nobody wanting to get away like in that you know airplane commercial right now because he knows you know steve harvey did not remember him correct you were there. You guys are. You you were there, Chris. Break the tie. I know you don't like being you're in trolling. this position as much of a mass hole you as you agree. are. Do it. Do it. Do you it. Can agree with Ridge. Do it. Go. 
I think he sort of. I think he knew scale that, of one to ten. Ten being totally remembered. One meaning not at all. Uh, like three. Three. Oh, oh, that's on the that's low awesome. end of the scale. But of he, but kind he of like, guys, oh yeah, I think when you refreshed his memory, he was like, oh yeah, yeah, you there were there. There would be a segment on your show where that you are surprised by the celebrity calling in, and somebody says, "Do you remember Mike Del Tufo?" That's the segment. I mean, the good segment. I've had three lives in my life. Okay. I've had my New Jersey life, yes, my earlier California life, which yes. I say up until, and then I have my like NFL Network and this life. You guys don't know the pre. It's like TJ. I mean, TJ's life is insane. Like when we sit and talk, it's like Brockman brings up stuff. I we all have like no, little things that we don't but know. We about. literally have to pull it out of TJ. You all we got to <laughs> oh, do I is actually, just set our clocks to it because I remember my memory is impeccable. Like it's like the Liza Minnelli story. <laughs> It's like those things. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> we have just piloted the Mike Del Tufo show. I'm watching that say, show every week. A lot of times I do think Mike is, full, is. is Mike is full of crap. <laughs> and then like when he said, oh, yeah, yeah, I toured the White House and stole some Reagan stole cigarettes. Some Reagan cigarettes. And we're like, like, like stop it. Why are you lying? This is a ridiculous story. And then you brought in the cigarettes, cigarettes. And I was like, all right. It's like, I because don't Because that's so ridiculous. How could you, you make five that five finger up? discounted Ronald Reagan cigarettes? I actually Reagan asked cigarette? the Secret Service agent that was giving us the tour, can I steal one of these packs of cigarettes? And he was like, yeah. The only thing that's it. close for me Reagan is had one year I went to uh, me and uh, America's guest, Reed Bergman, went to the uh, <laughs> uh, Playboy <laughs> Mansion for New Year's Eve. And um, it, when when Susie was covering the... Uh, the uh, Happened to be out of no, town. the Sugar Bowl. No, she was. <laughs> she fully knew what I was doing. No, I when she was uh, eventually getting set to cover that game and do a post-game uh, on-field interview with the one of the current uh, senators from the state of Alabama, who we saw in the blind side, by the way, over the weekend. But not to digress. So I'm there, and I stole, um, I stole some uh, stationery off of one of Hugh Hefner's desks. <laughs> I have from the desk of Hugh M. Hefner. And I will say, you, you've you t- told that story before. Maybe yes. probably back and in I the probably day. sent you a note on them, right? And then uh, the one time I went to the Playboy Mansion, I did the exact that, same thing that you did. Now, Rich, I got you guys both beat. I stole a pillow, actually two pillows, with my friend Leah from the Playmate of the Year's area at one, one of the Playboy of, parties. Anyway, the other, see, the other segment the is called is One Upping. It's like we, see, that's one, another one, like, one Upping. One Upping. One Upping. One Upping. Forget about I your know. interviews with the musicians. Nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Rich. This is the show, Mike. One Upping. That's it. You're right, because you have callers Please. call in and share a story, and then Mike Del Tufo's oh, them. I can do better. And then I can do better. Somebody calls in about that one time they had this one celebrity sighting, and Mike's like, oh, that one time I once dropped off Liza at Bayo's house for a booty call. <laughs> By the way, anything that I just say is, uh, is, is, is false. Yes or no, Mike? It's anything not, I just said is false. I'm just laughing at you. <laughs> anything <laughs> I just said is false. Mike, it, does anything I just said is false. I'm going to use Tom Brady for this one. Uh-huh. Okay, very good. I know which one you're going to get. You see? I plead the, the fifth. fifth. Okay, very good. <laughs> Wow. Thank you, Mike, Tom. how can you plead the fifth of the story you've told us like 10 times? Yeah, no, no, no. This, that's true. That was definitely 100% <laughs> true. About the Scott Bayo one. Another segment. Backtracking. Another segment. Del Tufo backtracks. Nah, nah, nah. This is no, a show. True. And some guy just driving up Robertson having no idea he's a content creator, that man. If he's listening right now. Thank you, sir. I mean, thank you. Thank you. Hopefully, if, he's, if, he, if he loves listening to the guys, then hopefully he's listening and he has no idea. He's the guys. He has we're, no we're the idea. guys. We're the guys.
You know, we are the guys. We are the guys. By the, the guys. way, people should just call in right now. If you have a story with a celebrity interaction, <laughs> call us right now. And one of so us. So Mike can one up you. 844 204 Rich. Just do it. We could do this in real time. <laughs> Phone lines are open. Fantastic. Uh, Pilot this in real time. Let's go to, to Sideline Mike in Atlanta. Let's say, what's up, Sideline Mike? How you doing? Gentlemen, gentlemen, how's everyone? Hey, Mike, what's good. happening? What's going on? Like I said, weeks ago on my second call, Kyle Shanahan is going to snatch the heart out of the Falcons' chest, and he's going to take Justin Fields, and then Rich Eisen with his glorious balding head will be so happy because the Falcons will take Kyle Pitts. Because the Falcons' defense is so trash, and this <laughs> defensive draft is so trash, if you use the whole draft to help the Falcons' defense, they would still give up 35 points. So now, <laughs> everybody thinks that, like Rich said, Kyle Pitts, Kyle Pitts, Kyle Pitts. It ain't for like this. I told you, I'm a Georgia fan. We knocked Kyle Pitts out for three games last year. I don't think he's tough enough. Okay? Now, let's talk about Mr. Peter King. This content creator over here trying to get somebody to believe that somebody's going to actually take Hall of Famer broke down body Julio Jones. People got to ask, ask me when the last time Julio Jones played 16 games. Okay? He's just like a fine tuned Ferrari, brother. If something's off, he ain't going. Well, sideline Mike, sideline Mike, I, I don't mean to interrupt. You're, you're on a roll, but I only have 90 seconds left, and we'd like to right. use you okay. as a, on a pilot for the Mike Del Tufo show. In about 30 seconds, your, your best celebrity sighting you've ever had in your life. Oh, no, brother, I used to be an usher at, at, at Phillips Arena. So oh. I've seen every NBA team you want. I've been in, in contact with Shaq, who is my fraternity brother, Michael no. Jordan, who is my fraternity brother, uh, okay. uh, uh, who else? Uh, the late Steve McNair, my, okay. my fraternity brother. Okay. Nolan Richardson. Okay. Sure. The, the These are great. On. These are great. great. Mike, you have the floor. Can you top sideline Mike? Mike Del Tufo? Not with those guys, but baseball players, Craig Biggio, Seton Hall. I mean, I got baseball players. I'm Man, saying. I got Hank Aaron. I'm from yeah. Atlanta. Yeah. Mike and Mike. Mike, Mike and Mike. And I mean to tell you guys, I am Paul the part of the Ball Brotherhood. Been ball for 17 years. <laughs> well <laughs> done. Sideline Mike. All right. There you go. Sideline. Oh, Please hold right. back. Get him an agent. Julio <laughs> I mean, Jones played 16 in 2018. How about before that, though? He played 15 in 2019. Oh, so, you know so, I mean? so another thing about the new Mike and Mike, not fully accurate. <laughs> not fully. Rich, I think you got Just a little... saying stuff. Just That's saying another little... segment. Yeah. Just saying little... stuff. stuff there. There's a show here. I feel it. I know it. You got a little upset when he mentioned bald until he came at the no, end and said he's also brotherhood. Bald. Yeah, brotherhood. Yeah, so Mike and Mike. Got LeBron. <laughs> he should have his own show. There's a new Mike and Mike. I mean. Sideline of Del Tufo. <laughs> Just making stuff up for I'm three hours. <laughs> Fantastic. Kirk Herbstreet and Michael B. Jordan, hour two. Hour three. <laughs> you want taking a call? Do we want to, we're going to do this again? All right, here we go. Jeff in Los Angeles, you're on the Rich Eisen Show. What's up, Jeff? Rich, what's going on? I have a major celebrity run-in okay. with none other than you yourself. Oh, well, okay. What's that? You're... So this was this was back 
probably about 2004 at Dodger Stadium. We're going to the, uh, I don't know our seats there. We're probably on the lower level right there. Uh-huh. Walking straight. And I run into you and I say, hey, you're Rich Eisen. And you look at me and you say, yes, I am. <laughs> but, but it gets better. It gets better. Uh-oh. So my oh, buddy's no. behind me. And so this, this was pre- you know, when NFL Network wasn't very widely distributed no, yet. it wasn't at all. One year old. So I'm, I'm telling my buddy behind me, I said, hey, bro, it's Rich Eisen from ESPN. And you're walking away into, you know, the, you're going to like the press box or something. And you turn around and you say, NFL Network, Rich Eisen from NFL Network. And you just. Take up the stairs. So that was my. Uh, That's right. I'm always branding. I'm always branding. I'm always branding. Mike, can you top that? Can you top that, Mike? I mean, Rich, I've been with you a lot, so I can. I mean, I've hey, seen yeah, every day. There you We've go. Traveled, done drafts. Mike, Mike, if we're gonna make this a show in a segment, you cannot be sheepish about it. You got to own it. Yeah, come. Can strong. you do better? I've done how many drafts? Ten drafts of your seventeen with you. That's there right. You there come you on, Del Tupo. That's, I got it. You would never have said you're from ESPN, right, Mike? No, never. never. Are you kidding me? No. Sorry, Jeff, but thanks for playing. I appreciate that. Oh, and you, are you even hung oh, up yeah, on yeah, quick I mean, trigger oh finger. Oh, my God. <laughs> the line dropped. I mean, you were saying <laughs> the that. Line drop. the, line. Wow, yeah, the, the line, line dropped. Wow. The line dropped because he hit the button. The line <laughs> dropped. That was it. Whoa. Yeah, man. That was exactly. my favorite. That was my favorite one. Everyone. Oh, for ESPN years, you were ESPN, ESPN. Susie was, you know, uh, covering the Lakers for all those years. So when we first got up uh, here to Los Angeles, at the NBA All-Star Game, Staples, somebody comes up. She, she got us in all the parties. She was locked in with the NBA. Got us in all the parties. One guy comes up to me, Rich Eisen, watch you every day. I'm like, you have NFL Network? He goes, no, ESPN. I'm like, I'm on NFL Network. And he says to me, are you all right? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm talking to you, right? Yeah, I'm alive. I'm alive. I got that all the time. Kirk Herbstreet of ESPN, still of ESPN. Hour three coming up. Michael B. Jordan after him. 